Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today about um, as camp ended, um, my life, uh, I grew up around youth camp. Um, Dad pastored there at Turner's Creek, and matter of fact, on Friday, he was at the house, and um, we was talking about it a little bit. Just about all summer, we was in youth camp um, at Turner's Creek. We had a bus week wherever, um, where we used to run buses there at Turner's Creek and run 125 to 150 on the buses every Sunday. Um, We had a bus week where it was just all the bus kids came in that week for youth camp. We had a Spanish week where everything was um, in Spanish that week. We had a Spanish week. We had a junior week. Um, We had a teen week. And we had youth camp just about all summer um, was youth camp at Turner's Creek. And the Lord sure done a lot of things in my life during youth camp. Um, It was in youth camp that I got saved. It was in youth camp that I surrendered to preach the gospel. And I love youth camp. And a lot of times we go into youth camp and um, we've just come out of the school year, if I could put it in the young people's eyes, we've just come out of the school year. Um, we've battled a tough year in school, and um, a, a lot of times we come out of the teen meeting or the winter meeting um, at Brother Edwards, man, we're fired up. We go back to school. We make it a while. The devil gets on our back. The devil begins to discourage us, and that's just the reality of serving the Lord. It's not always a bed of roses. There's some days that we feel like quitting. There's some days that we feel like throwing in the towel. Um, There's some days that we don't feel like serving the Lord. Now you can say amen or oh me, um, but you know I'm right. Matter of fact, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, even said that they come to a place where um, he just wanted to quit, but here's what he said. He said the word of God was like a burning fire shut up in my bones uh, and he just couldn't quit. There was a drive within him that kept him going. And there's times man that we get tired and we get weary and we'll do it. We'll come out of youth camp and we just come out of youth camp and not just the kids but I know I can even say this for myself man God done some things in my heart and and rekindled that fire in my heart again to serve him this week on Thursday morning brother David Edwards preached on Thursday morning not brother David Edwards David Williams on the life of Samson and the conclusion of his life, and I, I, it was just, you just had to be there. Um, you just had to be there, and it was truly a message uh, that I'll never forget in my life. It's one of those that I'll never forget. And um, God really done some things in my heart during that service Thursday morning. And man, we we're you know we get on fire. Um, the kids, man, I, I watched them worship the Lord. Uh, I watched their whole attitudes change this week about things, Uh, but here's where we find ourselves a lot of times. We go back into the quote-unquote real world. Uh, We go back into temptation. We go back in um, to our old friends, and before we know it, man, um, we're back cold and indifferent on the Lord again. And here's what Paul said. Let me read you some things. 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm going to let you remain seated. He said this, I charge thee. 
Uh, Timothy, he's talking to young Timothy here in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and he says, I charge you, Timothy. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing uh, and his kingdom. So as he begins to admonish young Timothy to stay faithful in the ministry, here's one thing that he immediately calls to young Timothy's attention. There's coming a day that we're going to stand in the presence presence of a holy God. He immediately calls to his attention the judgment of God and the day that we stand in the presence of God and we give an account for our faithfulness to God. Now I've already said this, but let me say it again. If we're saved, we're not going to give an account for our sins when we stand before God because our sins are under the blood. Praise God for that. But we are going to give an account for our faithfulness to him. And what a message on faithfulness this Monday night by dad in youth camp. Amen. But look what he says. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. What does he tell Timothy? He says, preach the word, but watch this. He says, be instant in season and out of season. You know what he says? He says, young Timothy, there's going to be some times in your life that it's out of season. There's going to be some times in your life where you don't feel like serving God. Amen. Would you help me preach tonight? There's going to be some times that you don't feel like picking up your Bible and reading it. There's going to be some times in your Christian walk with God that you don't feel like praying. But you know what he says? You need to be instant in season and out of season. I understand that the, the primary application of that scripture is dealing with a preacher preaching the word. Uh, but there is an application, a practical application that can be made to every person sitting here that even when we're in season or out of season that we're to be faithful to God. And that's what he's saying. Look what he says in verse number three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers uh, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. You know what he's saying? He's saying, Timothy, give it all. Can I just give you just a basic interpretation of that? He's saying, give it everything. Make full proof of it. Give it everything that you've got. My wife will agree with this statement and may even shout on it. When I do something, I go all the way. I go all the way. I have a bad problem with just doing something a little bit, Brother Aaron. If I'm going to get into something, I go all out. I go all the way. And um, uh, just a couple years ago, uh, a guy named Brad from Marion, he called me and he said, man, you need to go duck hunting with me. I said, I believe I need to go duck hunting too. I said, when are we going? He gave me the dates and he said, you come up here and we'll go duck hunting. Well, um, if I'm going to go duck hunting, I'm going to look like duck dynasty when I go duck hunting minus the beard. I couldn't grow it that long that fast. So you know what I've done? I got the best waiters you could get. I did go smart on them. I called Brother Lloyd and he helped me out with that. Of course they wasn't his. 
is you can, and I met somebody yesterday that was tall. I met a man yesterday, the tallest man I ever seen in my life. When I stood beside him, Madeline will tell you this, my head came up to about right here on him. It didn't even come to his shoulders. When I talked to him, I talked, honestly, I had to talk like he's the biggest man I ever seen in my life. But anyway, besides the waiters, I went all out. I bought a Drake coat. Uh, it was the three layer. I still got it, man. It was nice this winter feeding cows in the rain. I was out there in a $350 Drake water coat feeding cows in it. But anyway, I go all out in it. I called Brother Rodney and I said, I need a shotgun. He said, what for? I said, for duck cutting. I said, they usually shoot them Benelli things. And I said, I need one of them. So you know what I've done? He found me one. I, Brother Brian, I go all out in it. And you know what he's saying to young Timothy? He's saying, make full proof. He's saying, go all out in the ministry. Put everything you've got into it. Give it everything that you've got. And can I say something to you tonight? When it comes to serving the Lord, church, we should go all out in it. We should put our whole heart into it. When you teach Sunday school, go all out in teaching Sunday school. When you play the piano, go all out in playing the piano. When you sing in the choir, go all out in singing the choir. When you lead the choir, go all out in leading the choir. And Brother Matt puts his heart into it. Our musicians put their heart into it. We should go all out. He should make full proof of that. Look what he says. He says, verse number five, but watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of evangelism, make full proof of thy ministry. Then Paul says this, for I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departures at hand. Paul said, I'm fixing to get out of here. Paul says, my death is, is soon coming. And look what he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my chorus. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only. Not to me only, but look what he says. But unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul said, I know the Lord's going to say to me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But everybody has the chance to hear that. Paul starts out with reminding us with the, of the judgment. And he also concludes right here reminding us of the judgment. He says, Timothy, we're going to stand before God. And Paul now says, I am ready to stand before the Lord. The time of my departure is at hand. My death is approaching. And I can say I have fought a good fight. Look what he says. I have finished my chorus. I have kept the faith. Now, I want to talk to you about this thought for just a minute. How to finish well. Paul finished well. And I want to say something to you tonight. Each and every one of us sitting in this room tonight can finish well. We do not have to be has-beens. You know, when you look around, and I thought about this this afternoon, that's fixing to go everywhere. Time out. I thought about this this afternoon. I, I, I thought about this. When you look back, and Brother Robert, I know we've talked about this before. When you look back over um, uh, next Sunday, the, the, the first Sunday in July, um, uh, or maybe it's the last Sunday in July, I can look back in my Bible and tell you for certain in one of my Bibles back there. But I'll start my 15th year here at the church in just a few weeks. 
And when we look back over those past 15 years, um, a, a church that seats 600 people would not even begin to hold everybody that has come through Amazing Grace Baptist Church during that time. And sometimes, you know, you look back and Brother Randy, you think, man, where in the world are they at today? I'm talking about people that used to be leaders. Where are they at today? What happened? Why did they fall out by the wayside? Can I say something to you tonight? I want to finish well. Paul said, man, I've come to the end of my life, and I have finished well. I have finished well. How are you going to finish right? You say, preacher, I'm saved. I'm walking right right now. That is great. Praise God for that. I believe there's some in this room that really got help from God this week. I've seen God do a work in some of our young people's like, I, like I've never seen before. But I want to tell you something. When school starts back, uh, we're planning things, and, and, and I met with the teenagers tonight, and uh, Brother Heath just had a baby, and uh, let me back up and rephrase that. Miss Morgan's just had a baby, and, and, and they're wrapped up with that right now, so I met with the teenagers, and I said, hey, here's a couple of things that we're going to do during the week over the next four weeks to five weeks before you go back to school, and, and, and we're going to do our best to keep you busy, and, and man, we have church, but hear me and hear me well. When school starts back, when college starts back for some of y'all this year, your first year going full year as a student in college, when that starts back, you that was adults that was there this week, and you go back to the job place tomorrow, and it seems that all hell breaks loose, how are we going to finish well? How, have you ever been like this? Man, it seems that the more you try to serve God, the more the devil fights you. The more the devil fights you, it seems like the closer I get to the Lord, the more the devil fights me. And I started a journey several weeks ago, just some personal things. And man, I am telling you right now, the devil has done everything in his power. And I'm ashamed to say this, but there's been a few days that he won. You may not be honest and say amen there with your personal life, but Brother Randy, there has been a few days that he's won. But you know what? I determined today by the grace of God, I'm not going to allow him to do that anymore. I'm going to finish that that I start. How will we finish well? Let me give you two or three things and we'll go home. Number one, to finish well and to stay on course and to stay doing right. Can I say this? You've got to have the right father you got to have the right father. You say, well, uh, my dad's a good guy. My dad's a pretty good guy, too, when he's asleep not having bad dreams. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our heavenly father. Let me tell you the reason some young people struggle with being up and down and in church and out of church and serving God and away from God. You want me just be real honest with you? You want me tell you the reason some people in church struggle with being faithful to church? They'll serve God for a while. They serve the world for a while. Uh, they'll jump back and they jump in and they jump out and they're up and they're down. You want me tell you probably what needs to happen? They probably just need a good dose of salvation you got to have the right father because here's the thing. When you've got the right father, you have the right whooping. So what do you mean by that? God said this, those whom I loveth, I correcteth. He said, those whom I loveth, I correcteth. You know what he's talking to in the context of the scripture? He's talking to the children of God. 
I, I'll say this to you, man. Um, there's times when I say things and do things that I shouldn't say. And you know what happens? It no more than comes out of my mouth and my heavenly father smacks my jaws. Are you with me? I, I, Monday, um, um, I, I, <laughs> uh, I was struggling. Oh, we, we had 50 motel rooms booked. Check-in was at 4 o'clock, and at 6.30 Monday night, all of our rooms still wasn't ready. And I just say something? I was struggling. You say, what did you do when I got there at 4 o'clock and they all wasn't ready? I expressed my concerns, and, and, and this feller kindly got snappy back with me. And, and you said, what did you do then? Here's exactly what I'd done. I turned around. I walked out of the motel. I got in the car. I drove to Chick-fil-A and got me some chicken. You want me to tell you the reason why? Because he knew that we represented a church. You say, well, I was going to give him a piece of my mind. Well, you know what? I could have given him a piece of my mind, but it wasn't going to change nothing. It wasn't going to change what the only thing it was going to change was his attitude towards God in the local church. Let me tell you what happened. The Lord took the reins in my life and he closed my mouth and run me out of the motel. Amen. The right father. If you're going to finish this thing right, if you're going to live right at the schoolhouse, if you're going to live right at the job place, if you're going to walk right, talk right, and live right, you've got to have the right father. You know what? If we was to could bring Paul back today and we could set him here and we could interview him, we would say, Paul, how did you say these verses? How could you say I fought a good fight? I finished my course. I kept the faith. Paul would say something like this. Well, there was a day that I was on the road to Damascus and while I was on the road to Damascus a great light shined out of heaven uh, and Jesus spoke to my heart and I asked him to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart and save me he transformed my life that day and become my heavenly father and that's the way that I finished right you gotta have the right father number two you not only gotta have the right father I would say this you gotta have the right fellowship you got to have the right fellowship. My daddy has said this statement for years. You are right now or soon will be what your friends are. You are right now or soon will be what your friends are. You say people does not have an effect on me. I used to bear hunt a lot. And I enjoyed it. I really did. I just don't have time to like I used to. But I used to bear hunt a lot. We hunted in western North Carolina. And then the guys that I bear hunted in in January, uh, the ending of January and February, we always went to Georgia together uh, right next to Ufala, Alabama. We hog hunted several days down there together. And if you've never been to Robbinsville, they have their own language. I'm telling you, they have, don't they, Brother Josh? They have their own language in Robbinsville. It's Robbinsville tonight. And, and you say, well, what is it? It's things like this. Your vehicle is your rig. Your drink is a doke. Are you with me? A hat is a derby. Y'all ever heard those kind of terms? And, and it's not y'all, it's yuns. Are you with me? Yuns got a doke. Well, I'm going to go get my rig and go down yonder to the store and get me a dope. Where'd my derby go? Where's my hat? And you know what? I'd go, Brother Tim, 
And I'd spend usually the first week of bear season, I'd leave on Sunday night as soon as service was over. We'd drive half the night, get there. We would load the dogs and go sit on the track so nobody else would turn on it that Monday morning at daylight. We would sit on the track, and then, Brother Bailey, we would turn out on it. And I'd spend five or six days up there. And when I come back home, I'd be saying, Yuns uh, and Leslie, have we got any dopes in the refrigerator? And hand me my derby so I can go get in my rig and go up the road. And Leslie would go, my soul. Let me tell you the reason why those around you have an influence on you. If you're going to finish right, you're going to have to have the right fellowship. You're going to have to put the right people around you. You say, well, preacher, there's some people that I can't control being around me. I understand that, but there's a lot of people that you can control being around you. you yeah, man. Yeah, man. There is a, looky here. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's the word of God. What did he say in the word of God? Here's what he said, to come out from the world and to be separate from it. That's what he said. He said to have no communication with, uh, have no, no talk, no communion with corrupt communication. Are you with me? He said abstain from the very appearance of evil. If there's something in your life as a teenager or even as an adult that you struggle with, maybe it's a prior addiction, you know what you need to do? You need to make sure that you do not go around the people that is involved in that because you know what's going to end up happening over time if you're not careful? They're going to end up pulling you down instead of you pulling them up. you got to have the right fellowship. you got to have the right fellowship. you got to have the right fellowship. I want to say this to you. Um, you need to have fellowship with the right people. Young people, um, I, I told Madeline this week, we talked and, and, and I told her, um, and, 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 and we talked and we talked and we talked, and I said, listen, I said, you need to get some numbers of some of these girls that live right around here close. And I said, I know you got all your friends at the church, but you can't never have a good, enough good, solid Christian friends. And I watched some people this week at camp that's from churches around here close to us. And here's what I said to her on Friday. On Friday, we were sitting at the house, and, and, and to be honest with you, it was about 1.30, and I was laying on the bed underneath a blanket. You say that's lazy. If you went through what I went through last week, you'd probably still be laying underneath a, a blanket on the bed. And uh, Madeline came in there, and she's sitting on the bed, and, and Leslie was, and we was talking. And I said, look, here's some names that you need to get their number to. I said, I watched them this week. I watched their attitude this week. I watched the way that they responded to preaching this week. And I said, here's some you don't need to worry about. Don't even worry about talking to them. You said, preacher, that's true. No, I'm just being honest. Just because they go to church don't, need, don't mean you always yoke up with them. I said, but right here, I, I, I said, here's one really in particularly. And I said, she lives right here in Dobson. She don't come to our church, but she goes to a good, solid church. And I said, her attitude this week, her humbleness this week, the way God spoke to her heart, and she submitted to that. I said, you need to call her and go get coffee together. The right fellowship. You need fellowship with the right people. And if you're going to finish well, you've got to have the right fellowship. You've got to have the right father. Can I say this? If you're going to finish well, you've got to have the right focus. You've got to have the right focus. 
If we're not careful, we'll get focused on the wrong thing. If we're not careful, the devil will keep you busy doing a good thing to keep you from doing the best thing. Can I say that again? If you're not careful, the devil will keep you busy doing a good thing to keep you from doing the best thing. Our focus tonight has to be on Christ, edifying Christ, furthering the gospel. Our focus tonight. If you're not careful, your focus will get on everybody else instead of you. Hello, Tokyo. You'll be focused about what everybody else is doing, however other church is doing, however other youth groups. Focus on you. Focus on you and your relationship with God. Um, I, I, this is one area, one area that I have to keep in check on a daily basis in my life. There's some things that I love to do. I love to do. I love to help my community. I love to volunteer and help my community. Matter of fact, yesterday, I was out a, a large portion of the day on, a, on, on, a, on one of the saddest scenes that I've ever been on, up on 74. And you know what? I love to help my community. And I believe, I, Daddy and Mom and I was talking about this this afternoon, I think that the Lord has given me great favor in our county, and that's part of the ministry that God has allowed me to have here. But can I tell you my first priority? My first priority is God, then my wife, then my children, then the ministry. you got to have the right focus. Young people, focus on your education, but more than that, focus on God's will for your life. Don't get so caught up in wanting to become something that you lose sight of what God wants for your life. One topic that came up in every message Every message this week was total surrenderance to God. Giving Him everything. Have the right focus. Watch this. you got to have the right fervency. What did the Bible say? The Bible said this, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Can I say something to you young people and adults alike? You need to pray. If you're going to finish well, you're going to have to pray. I wish you'd help me tonight and we'd get done. If you're going to finish right, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to pray. I told the kids, we was back there in the prayer room a while ago, and uh, I told the kids, I said, listen, talking to God's just like talking to one of us. I said, whenever I pray right now, you talk to the Father. You talk to God. I tell God, to talk to Him. So, preacher, how do I pray? You just talk to the Lord. Man, I ride down the road, Brother Josh. Lord, this is John. I don't have to say my middle name, my whole name, my last name. He knows who it is. You say, how does he know? Because we talk pretty regular. He knows my voice. Amen. I say, God, this is John. And, and, and God, I'm battling this right now. They Sometimes I say things like this. God, I don't understand why such and such is acting the way that they are. God, I don't know what they're going through right now, and I don't know what they're battling right now, but God, I pray that you get them straightened out before they cause any trouble down there at the church house. You say, well, who is such and such? You need to focus on you and quit worrying about such and such because such and such might have been you. <laughs> Everybody all right tonight? We got to have the right fervency. We've got to talk to the Lord. He is the only one that will help us finish well. 
There's nobody else that can help us the way he can help us. So many times we use him as a spare tire. So many times, how many times, how many times, especially us as men, has there been something to put together and we rip the box apart and go to trying to put it together and two hours later decide to get that little packet out that's called the instructions and it takes us about 20 minutes to put it together. And if we'd have just done that to begin with, life would have been a whole lot simpler and we wouldn't have had to listen to our wife say, I told you so. You know what? In our spiritual life, how much easier would it be a lot of times if we just went straight to the Father and said, I need instructions on this. I don't know how to handle this. I, I don't know how. I, I, Lord, I need your help right now. I need your help right now. The right fervency. The right, you know what Paul did? He went to the Lord, man. He went to the Lord. And I want to say something to you tonight. If we're going to finish well, church, if we're going to finish well, Miss Tanya, if you will, come start playing softly. We're going to have to have the right fervency. We got to talk to the Father. Our prayer life should be so. You know what? The Bible says this if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear my prayer. And the sad thing is, a lot of times we have to spend so long getting sin out of our life before we can ever get back in true fellowship with the Father. Whenever we pray, we shouldn't have to spend 20 minutes getting sin out of our life. We should have that open line of communication. And I'll tell you something. When I do something wrong and he smacks me in the back of the head immediately, Father, I pray that you'd forgive me for that. Father, cleanse me of that. Father, cleanse me of that. Our fervency tonight. I'll ask you something. How's your prayer life tonight? How's your prayer life tonight? The devil will battle your prayer life so much. He'll battle it. But if we're going to finish well, we're going to have to learn how to pray. You know, the disciples in the, in the New Testament, when they went to the Lord, none of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to sing. None of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to preach. None of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to teach. None of the disciples said, Lord, teach me how to be a good husband. None of the disciples said, Lord, teach me how to be a good daddy. But you know what they said? Lord, teach us what? How to pray. Because they knew if they had their fervency right, then everything else would be all right. Because when your fervency's right, your relationship with him is right. Your relationship. Preach, I want to finish well. I don't want to just finish. I don't want to just finish. I want to finish well. I want to finish well. If I do anything, I want to do it right. I want to do it wholeheartedly. I, I'm just of the opinion, if you're going to do it, especially when it comes to the things of God, that you do it wholeheartedly. That you do it with everything in your might. Tickles me to death to go into Sunday school classes and see decorations up. See doors decorated. You know why? Because teachers are putting their all into it. Teachers are putting their all into it. And if we're going to finish right, if we're going to finish well, 
there's going to have to be fervency. There's the right father, the right fellowship, the right focus, the right fervency. And you know what it produced? The right finish. The right finish. When you go to the book of Revelation, and I'm not going to take time to go there, but when you go to the book of Revelation, in chapter number 19, Jesus is coming back. Chapter number 4, the church leaves out. Amen. Church is not mentioned nowhere during the tribulation period. In chapter number 19, Jesus comes back riding on a white horse. We're with him. But the Bible said this, that when they saw him, John said this, he had many crowns on his head. Plural. He just didn't have a crown on his head. The Bible said he had many crowns on his head. When you study that out, you know where he got those crowns at? He got those crowns from us. See, there's five crowns that we can win when we stand before the Lord. There's the soul winner's crown, and that's the reason we should go out and knock on doors. There's the martyr's crown. There's five of those crowns. There's five of them. We have the opportunity to be presented with that. There was an old song come out years ago. It said when they got to heaven, they was going to put on a crown and walk around all over God's promised land. You're not going to put on a crown and walk around. When you study it, and you go back to those uh, elders and those that's a picture of the church, us, you know what they was doing? They was casting their crowns at the feet of Jesus. Jesus presented them that crown, but they give those crowns back to him. And can I say something to you tonight? I want a crown to put back at the feet of Jesus with as much as he's done for me, as much as he's blessed me, as good as he's been to me. That's the least thing that I can do is give myself back to him and win a crown to put back at his feet one day. I don't want to finish. I want to finish well. I want to finish well. I, hey, look, if the Lord don't come back, every one of us sitting in this room is going to a grave one day. There's no way around that. Every one of us, if God doesn't come back, is going to a grave one day. Every one of us. Every one of us. And I want to tell you something. When people walk past our coffin. You've heard me say it before, mine better. If mine is open, somebody close it. I'm going to come back to haunt you if you don't. I, 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 I'm going to make some mad, but oh, Johnny looks so good. I ain't never seen a dead man look good. I'm just being honest. No, the dead. I looked a whole lot better alive. You say, well, preacher, that's ugly. Well, forgive me, all right? I'm just being honest. Close me up and put a picture of me and my family beside of me. Remember me, put a picture of me in the pulpit or something. Remember me for that, not laying in a coffin. But when they come by, I wonder what they're going to say. Are they going to say, here's Brian Beasley. He went to church faithful for 14 and a half years at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. Lived right, done his best to serve the Lord and help his church. Boy, the last three years of his life, he cheated on his wife and run around on Miss Tina and beat her three times. And man, he lies here today. That's all they're going to remember. They're not going to remember all that time that you was faithful. 
I want to finish well. When they walk by, I don't want somebody. I don't want my kids to say, my dad used to preach in the power of God. I want my dad, my kids to be able to say, my dad died preaching in the power of God. The last time he stood in a pulpit, he had the power of God on his life. He lived right. He tried to make an impact on his community and serve the Lord to his fullest. I want to finish well. Finish well. Paul finished right. Why? Because he had the right father. He had the right fellowship. He had the right fervency. And he had the right focus. He had the... I remember Daddy, Brother Charles, you probably know something about this, but I remember Daddy talking about the mules in the backer field. And whenever they prime backers, Daddy, whenever he was growing up, they'd put them blinders. That's what they call them, put them blinders on them mules, Brother Charles. And, and I asked Daddy one time, I said, why'd they do that when I was a little boy? And here's what he said. He said, it, it, it cleared them and blocked their peripheral vision. Only thing they could see was what was going on right in front of them. And let me tell you what we need in this day. We need God to put the spiritual blinders on us. And to let us shut out what everybody else has to say around us. And be focused on finishing right. And finishing right.